Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ball knocked down by Mount, picked up by Shackelford, into Alcindor. Two more for the Bruins. Cheryl Miller, beautiful 15-foot jumper. Hatcher wants to go baseline, sends it inside to Miller. Now Miller comes with a little reverse English. What a shot by Reggie Miller. Underneath, Harold driving, reverse lay in. That's it. 15 points. He's reached the 2,000 plateau. Bibby, three more. He's six of them Saturday. He continues to sizzle. But he has, has it. There it is. Good time. Oh, Here's Hannah Jump, three-point specialist. And there is Sabrina Ionescu with the rebound. She has just become the first player in Division I history with 2,000 points, 1,000 assists, and 1,000 rebounds. A historic mark set by Sabrina Ionescu. Starts fading away. He got it! Basketball, our inaugural show here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Michael Caratinuto, former Sun Devil alum, and I am lucky enough to be partnered up with and joined by, well, he's an Oregon State alum. We'll talk about his road to finishing his college hoops career, but Ahmad Starks joining me. And uh, Ahmad, obviously, it's great to, uh, great to be here, great to be talking Pac-12 hoops, and uh I'm excited that we're getting this kicked off because uh, you know a little bit about hoops. No, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. You know, thanks for uh, for coming on as as a co-host as well, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about basketball in general, the Pac-12, which is one of my favorite conferences growing up, and so I'm just excited to to have this opportunity to talk about it all. Yeah, well, just a little bit um, about me. I'm a, like I said, I'm an Arizona State alum, so yes, I'm a I'm a little bit of a homer to the Devils, Ahmad and I. But we get along well because he was an Oregon State Beaver. So, again, there's not really a – I mean, there is conference rivalry, as you know, Ahmad. But I know sure. your disdain is more for that, that, that other team in Eugene. I don't even like to say their name to you because <laughs> I don't want you to hurt me or anything. But, no, but, um, but yeah, an Arizona State alum obviously grew up playing uh, sports, basketball. I was ahead of the times, Ahmad, because I believed even way back in middle school that – defense was just Olay and I was just chucking from threes and I did not, you know, I was on a lot of B teams, but I will say this through high school, I did not play hoops. Um, tried out freshman year. I uh, got a little banged up during tryouts, but stayed on as a team manager to get workouts in and stuff. And, but yeah, I used to always uh, on the, it was always a pick and roll, but to me back then it was a pick and pop because I was just chucking from threes. So my thoughts of maybe getting to play at ASU went, went awry really fast in, in hoops, <laughs> but I always did go to uh, ASU hoops games. I mean, you talk about – you mentioned the players. I'm just saying, growing up real quick, I remember getting to go uh, 
to ASU, obviously U of A games, you know, rivalry games, which is a lot of times very tough for ASU. Um, Mm -hmm. But going to see schools like, you know, USC and UCLA and getting to see guys like, I mean, I was a kid, but I remember seeing Reggie Miller when I was a kid. I remember seeing Russell, I mean, you fast forward, Russell Westbrook didn't even start at UCLA. But anyway, that's a tangent. But my background, again, always had a love for ASU hoops because rivalry rise with U of A, they were always the underdog. So it kind of, that kind of got me going, plus being a little bit closer to ASU, but then ended up going to ASU, majoring in broadcasting, going to the Cronkite School, figuring that, you know, I definitely wanted to cover sports and always going to hoops games. And yes, of course, football, but I was a junkie, man. It was men's and women's hoops and mod. It was football, Mm -hmm. volleyball, um, the anything I could, I mean, I'd even go out to some of the golf, you know, just to hang out and check it out at Carson. So, I mean, I was definitely down with it. Swim and dive. I had a lot of friends that were on the swim and dive team. So, but (laughs) that is my, I always, it was always the conference of champions. And I know we'll get into this as we go through the shows, other conferences only, you know, can talk about one sport or whatever, but the PAC 12 is definitely the conference of champions, but yeah, that's my background. Always, like I said, a, an ASU fan, um, had a lot of friends that went to other Pac-12 schools. Some, unfortunately, went to that school down south here in Arizona. But I had a lot go to Stanford, uh, UCLA, uh, a few to UW, a few to Oregon. Uh, no Cal friends. I haven't had any friends go to Cal. But, but still, I just I love the conference. I mean, when it was the Pac-10, when it expanded to 12, I thought Utah and Colorado were definitely very good ads. But, yeah, I mean, I've always had a passion for it. And, being from Jersey originally, too, when they hired Bobby Hurley, Ahmad, I said it's only going to take three years for, for him to keep turning it around. And he has definitely, definitely done that. Love what Bobby Hurley's done. But, yeah, but you, yeah. your story, obviously, is a little more entwined. You're originally from uh, Chicago. Yes, sir, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. And then, so you were a high school hoops player, mm-hmm. and you were very well recruited, figuring that anyone – with talent in that area usually isn't leaving the area, but what brought you to Oregon state? Tell, tell us about that. Um, I will say just to hit on that, like a lot of guys, there's been a lot of guy talented guys that do go away from Chicago. There's been a thing around here, you know, that places like DePaul couldn't keep their players here. They, you know, they kind of got blackballed or U of I kind of got blackballed. It's just certain things that after maybe, some of the big name, maybe like the 85, a Lion-Eye team and things like that, they couldn't keep guys, you know, staying. And that's what we've heard. And so for me, um, me in Chicago, I wanted to, I thought about, you know, being close to home. I wanted to do that, but it didn't matter. I was trying to get to, you know, whatever was going to progress my career. And um, not many know this. Like growing up, I was like a, a child prodigy, more to say. Um, I played in a league called Small Fry Basketball when I was younger. and it's really an international between like teams in Puerto Rico. Uh, there's also Jersey, New York. So you're, you're very young. This is like, um, I'm like fourth through seventh grade. And, you know, by that time, I'm just building a national uh, ranking for myself. And by that sixth, seventh grade, I'm like top 40 in the country. And just early on, just, you know, became a really good player. And uh, high school, went to Whitney Young High School in Chicago. Um, 
so I get a lot of stuff for that because I'm a South Sider going to a West Side school. So you know how that, you know, that can be a little bit, but it's one of the best schools, public schools in the country, academic wise, as well as a basketball powerhouse. Quentin Richardson went there. Um, they were city and state champions during their time. And then we come around in my junior year, we win a state championship, another one. Senior year, we, um, we're a top 25 team my whole, my sophomore through junior, sophomore through senior year. Um, junior year, sophomore and junior year, I played with Mark, Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son. And so, you know, Mike would come to a lot of the games and I got some crazy stories about, about that type of stuff. Speaking of how the last dance just came out and everything. So um, those are good times. And then on the, on the college, um, so I would say my, around my sophomore year was when Oregon State kind of came into the picture early. I would say early sophomore year, Craig Robinson, uh, Michelle Obama's brother, um, went to a Chicago native from my area. They grew up, you know, on the block I grew up more than, like on the name of the street I grew up on, Euclid. Um, they grew up maybe a mile down. So right in the same area, um, his school was, she went, Michelle Obama actually went to Whitney Young. Craig went to a school called Mount Carmel, which is very close to the neighborhood. So um, also Don McNabb and Antoine Walker went to that school as well. Um, but I've kind of known them uh, for a long time. I played soccer growing up as well as being a good basketball player. My mom thinks I was better at soccer, but that's a different story. But uh, when I was young, I played soccer with Craig Robinson's son. So I've had that relationship for a long time. And when he got the, he was at Brown, he was at Northwestern as an assistant first. Then he went to Brown and he was a head, I think that was his first head coaching job. And we talked and he was like, you're, you know, you're a way better prayer than coming to Brown. So, you know, I'm going to have my eye on you. If I, when I get out of here, you know, please, you know, be on, be on alert, like, you know, keep us in mind. And I ended up committing very early, uh, a few, maybe a year or so after he got the job committing to Oregon state, uh, going into my junior year so it was, I wasn't even junior before I committed and part of me regrets that early decision just because you want to weigh your options and see what happens but here's what it is I, I was like I went to go visit and I liked Corvallis a little bit you know very small very different from Chicago uh, that's what I was gonna say how much of a culture shock you got to tell the people about that out there Bob because in recruiting I mean I was recruited a little bit in track and and football by smaller schools but when you go to these cities, I mean, Chicago, as we all know, I mean, yes, not everybody lives right downtown. I get it in the suburbs area, but it's a, it's an amazing place. It is fun. You go to Coral Vallis, though, which again, we're not ripping on Coral Vallis, but that's got to be culture shock for you a little bit. Super, super. Like you said, Chicago's a big city, um, super big, big metropolitan city. So it's a culture shock going to this town that 40, 50,000 people. You know, uh, not not getting out much, uh, those people. But uh, it's a, it was definitely the school was everything for the most part. And so you go. It was interesting being in one of those type of schools. You get a different type of vibe when you're, especially as an as an athlete. You get a different type of. They're, they they love you more or less like that. You're, so you're 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 a star attraction between, especially basketball was up and coming, um, and we kind of helped that out. Football was big at the time. Um, obviously, you have the Ducks, but football, when I first got to Oregon State, they were pretty a top 25 team still, I want to say. They were pretty good. And so uh, you're kind of, as athletes, you're kind of the stars of the, of the town and very big culture shock, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my, I enjoyed my time there. And just that recruiting process was a little bit, a little bit short for me, but it was, it was interesting because I love the Pac-12. 
um, at the time of the Pac-10, obviously I, I knew it was a it was a guards conference. So many small guards like myself <laughs> have come out of that conference. So it was it was important for me. I watched Isaiah Thomas was a big name at the time. Then you have Nate Robinson. Obviously Washington had good guards, but my idol was who was also like a big brother to me who lived with me from time to time um, was Jerome Randall. He was Pac-10 Player of the Year his senior year, the year before I got to Oregon State. Um, at Cal, he's a Hall of Famer, he's the all-time leading scorer. So another small guard who I looked up to and he was everything, still is still is everything to me, but he was amazing. And so um, we had talks about this, you know, Cal kind of came in the picture towards the end of that recruiting process. And it was- Yeah, uh, talk to the fans about that. Not to cut <laughs> you off, Ahmad, but you said you committed early. I mean, even in this day and age, once, you know, social media and, you know, emailing and coaches can even have more contact. I mean, even though you verbally commit until anything's signed, you know, coaches are still going after you. So, well, I mean, did you feel that, did you feel in a way, because I know from a lot of outsiders think, oh, these coaches are being shady. He already said he's going there, but they also know guys are going to flip. So once you said you verbally committed to Oregon State, how are other coaches, were other coaches still coming after you? So I'm going to tell you, um, speaking of, you know, that you being Arizona guy. So Sean Miller and Coach Book, um, they they were they really liked me a lot when they raised Xavier. And so this is that soft my sophomore year before the commitment, they were on me hard about Xavier. So I'm like, okay, very interesting. They had like two Holloway or mm-hmm. or they had, I think it was two at the time, another small guard who I was like, man, they, they really let them go. And so that's what I'm looking for. And I committed to Oregon State right before junior year. And they were like, what in the world? Like, they were like, we thought you were going to stay, you know, close to home. They had just went to Arizona, like just left. So we, we went to Arizona. We didn't think, you know, you would come. And I'm like, I would have definitely went to Arizona. No question. Because like, as much as I'm an ASU, obviously, alum and fan, but I mean, the guards to come out of there, like in my exactly. lifetime, I mean, you have a Sean Elliott. I mean, I was young, but a Sean Elliott, a Steve Kerr. Um, yeah. Mike Bibby, uh, Damon uh, Stottlemyre, uh, yeah, Gilbert Arenas, Richard Jefferson. I mean, so you keep going these guards. I mean, granted it was Lou Olson, but Sean Miller was the same way. Yeah, Sean Miller brought in some very good ones too. I don't know if they were that caliber guys that Sean got, but um, he brought in some good ones, no no doubt about it. Uh, the guy, the six, now I can't think of his name, man. He plays on um, – Small guard, uh, I can't think of it. He, he was on the sixes for a minute, uh, got some backup time. Um, little guy, he only came for as like a transfer. Um, then he had Mark Lyons, who was a pretty good guard right. as well. We had a few battles, um, definitely. I always got up for those games. Yeah, because Sean, well, Sean Miller, I mean, once um, he is the longest tenured coach in the Pac-12. I mean, 2009 was his first year, and then both uh, Tad Boyle and Dana Altman came in in 2010, Oregon and uh, Colorado, respectively. But Sean Miller, again, 285 and 100 at Arizona. And being, again, it has switched to guards. Yes, he did have DeAndre Ayton and a big man. But for your recruiting process, like you're saying, I mean, you always hear about the tournament. And, I mean, you obviously played growing up. But even as a kid growing up, everything, once it came tournament time, it you know, people talk about big man dominating, but it says, who has the best guard play? I heard that from the time no. I think I was five years old. What team has the best guard play? Yes. Like, unless you have just a big, a super dominant guy, like, 
I want to go to, you know, obviously a Whitney Young alum, Jaleel Okafor. Right, right. That Duke that year. Nobody's going to touch them. Not only do they have a great team, it's not, not to knock those guys, Quinn Cook, having a guy like Jaleel oh, yeah. on the block oh, is yeah. dominant. And same, same for like Anthony Davis. I'm throwing out Chicago guys, but it's true. <laughs> we're right. known for guards, don't get me wrong, but those were two big guys who we don't usually have big guys. Well, if but Anthony Davis guys, didn't grow eight inches, he wouldn't have been a guard. But anyway, we got to get back to it. Like, so, so Sean Miller, once you committed to Oregon State, they just went – he went to Arizona. So did he – did they reach out to you and said, hey, are you sure about Oregon State? They reached out on the sense of, like, you know, we didn't know – you know, we thought you were going to stay. So they kind of – it kind of pulled back. And so once the commitment came, they, they kind of pulled back a little bit. They didn't want to – especially attack another guy in the conference. But right. Um, they they kind of pull back, so you know I respect that. And they end up getting some big time guards like going ahead. They need a guard play right away, so they end up getting like Momo Jones, who was yeah, that's right. His game uh, when I was in high school, played him phenomenal. Um, but so my junior year, I was kind of a flying under the radar guy for a little bit on the national scale, a little bit, um, but still had some great performances. So my my last AAU season. We're like one of the top two or three teams in the country. I'm having a killer summer. It's, it's like amazing. And so I, I get my ranking up to about 28th in the country, my uh, going into that senior year. And we're playing some great games in front of like every coach from every coach in the country. So, but then Cal starts coming to all my games. And also USC starts coming to all the games. So the Oregon State coaches are like fishy. So I'm starting to get calls and this is Kevin O'Neill at the time is at USC. And I know he obviously he got in trouble a little bit for, you know, some things, but so that's a, that's a part of the reason why when we got the USC phone call, my parents were a little iffy on that. They didn't know they wanted to play the cards the right way and things like that. Cause I, he wanted to have a meeting with me. He wanted to have a private meeting with me while we were in Vegas and we kind of didn't go that route, but Mike Montgomery at Cal, we had a conversation um over the phone and obviously Jerome Randall was pushing help pushing that and Mike was like we're committed I can't I don't want to steal you away if you truly you know if you kind of want to jump ship I wanted to be on you but he was also persuading me to come you know come right. visit Jerome you know just just come visit Jerome type of thing it was it was one and foot in like, one foot out for him he's just trying to be yeah. correct but it's again it's it's, it's a <laughs> exactly. tough thing for coaches I've always said it like this and talking about recruiting because again like I said I wasn't recruited on the higher level you were but understanding that you know if I say I'm gonna go somewhere like some people kind of back off other people they'll just check in it's like okay they're being friendly but how friendly are they really being yeah it's, yeah yeah it's one of those things but I mean, when you're young, you're like, I love this, man. Why? And you're right. Why would I commit early? Like, I can decide where I want to go. I'm just going to take yeah. a few trips. I'm going to see what happens. But and that's, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, uh, my dad thought we had, the, you know, the right movement, Craig, you know, someone we could trust and, right. you know, someone who was and, and someone who's going to give you an opportunity early on. And, and rightfully so. It, was a, it was a, wasn't a terrible choice in that regard. You know, I started probably over half the games my freshman year, at least half. Um, and then sophomore year on, I'm starting. So it was, it was a good opportunity for me. And obviously, I, I set the, without even trying, I set the all-time three-point record in three years, you know. Um, so it was great to, you know, have that on my, have that title on my belt um, for a little while. So I think it just got broken. But um, I still, I still remain, 
I still remain confident I would have blew it out the water if I stayed a fourth year. I beat it in three years, so not many people can say something like that. Absolutely. But so, so okay, so what did, so did you go to Cal? Did you go visit him? I did not go. Okay. On a visit there. Uh, Coach, Coach Rob got, got wind of everything a little bit. <laughs> oh, and, uh, so yeah. Kind I was going to say, up. good news never travels, uh, never travels slow. <laughs> it kind of, it kind of blew up. So I had a conversation with Coach Rob and, it kind of just reassured me, you know, that was Oregon State was a good place for me and everything. And so we just kind of stuck with that. But I wish I maybe, you know, hindsight, I wish I would have took the visit just to see what was going on. But I wish I would just waited longer to commit just to just to look at all the options. Nothing, not to say I wouldn't have gone to Oregon State still, but just to look at all your options. Right. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's funny because and I relate it to basketball and you can relate it to basketball because I know you've heard it, too. I mean, coaches going after getting the kids to commit when he's in eighth grade. It's like, you might, you're not even going to probably be there in five years when he gets there. So, no, it's messed up. Yeah. A lot I of mean, it's it, so it, to me, again, I get it. You want to get ahead of the curve and, you know, with AAU, like you're saying, I mean, you had got your, your ranking was up and you obviously have a love for the game and you're playing in Chicago. Now you said nationally, I mean, you got your ranking up, but I mean, locally between your sophomore and junior year, I mean, you were probably getting a lot more attention though in Chicago, right? Oh, Chicago was, I was pretty high, uh, had a pretty big name for myself regardless. Like up until, right up until high school, I was the number one player in the state oh. um, until I got to high school and it didn't fall far off, but we had a guy named Jeremy Richmond who you may not know that name or you may or may not, but he went to Illinois for a year, uh, yeah. but he was phenomenal. Like, to this day, the best. He's playing overseas a little bit, got into some trouble with the law a little, but he was uh, amazing. He started, he started as a freshman at Illinois, didn't he? Or no? He started some games. He some, should have, okay. and that was kind of the issue, because okay. he should have been starting, and he was, if he came back, he was projected to be a lottery pick that sophomore, his sophomore year, but he decided to go anyway. Then that summer, same summer, he got in trouble with some stuff, and He's still one of the best players I've ever played with. Right, He's the best right. player I've ever played with. We played together at Urban Fire AU. Best player I've ever played with, and I played with some great guys. Okay, from the recruiting sense, though, I mean, when you look at back at it now, and, I mean, obviously how it's changed even more with, you know, texting, social media. I mean, the NCAA actually had to put regulations, how many text coaches can send, how many messages they can direct message them on Twitter, um, mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. stuff. But – when you're looking at – That wasn't even a thing when I exactly, was – Exactly. That's what I'm – it's crazy because it wasn't even that long ago. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. But – so you fast forward. So you get to Oregon State. Now you're playing – you're playing in the Pac-12. I mean, what, what was that like for you? I mean, what, were you kind of – again, like you said, you're playing well at home and you traveled before. So, I mean, the nerves had to still be there though, right? right? Oh, of course. I mean – um, my first game, I was, I was nervous. I was nervous before every single game I ever played in my life. Um, not even, not a scared nervous, but just the, the, you know, the anxiety part of it, I guess. Just anxious, just wanting to go out there and do well and just, just being anxious to get it going. And so, um, definitely had the nerves. I remember my first college game, I, I played Texas Arlington. I had 14 points off the bench. So it was, you know, feeling good about myself. Um, uh, my first I went my first Pac-12 game. It was the Pac-10 my freshman year. So my first Pac-10 game was actually against Arizona State um, in Corvallis. We win that. Um, so that was that was good to have right off the bat. 
Um, they had like, they weren't that good at the time. I think we were the bottom two teams. That, so they had like Ty Abbott, who was a good player, but they didn't have much else. Um, so we beat them. The next game, we play Arizona. Uh, you know, you get the Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday game, same yep. uh, same state team. So Arizona, and they were obviously good. You got Momo, you got Derek Williams. This is his breakout year. Yep. Um, phenomenal. He had a crazy – you got Solomon Hill who – Solomon was just – not that he wasn't just okay, but he, he always – he was always a good player. He did a little bit of everything, and that's how he want, found himself in the NBA. But Derek Williams was the man that wasn't even close. Um, so he was phenomenal. So we beat them at home. Jared Cunningham has a monster like tip dunk that you hear all over the Beaver Nation forever. So we beat them at home. So like those, I remember that vividly just because those atmospheres were crazy. And you just remember those little moments that like, yeah, you're nervous, but you're playing against these great, you get right back. As soon as the ball touches your hands, it's basketball again. Right. It's right. still basketball and you run against those great players. You want that competition. You want that feeling. I like it was yesterday. The next, next we go to the Washington schools and we play Clay Thompson, who I hadn't heard, who I didn't know at the time, but I found shortly, found out real quick. Um, yeah. Isn't it crazy him and Kevin Love were on the same AAU team? Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's something. They had a, Kevin Love had a crazy AAU team like later after he played with Clay, like SoCal All-Stars with Brandon Jennings, who oh, should have wow. who was going to go to Arizona. Right. Um, Brandon Jennings, Renato Sidney, who was, a, you know, another, like, child prodigy, young phenom. They had a crazy team, AAU team. With talking and recruiting, I mean, we want to get into this a little bit, too, because obviously the pandemic, I mean, we're, again, I know there's still cases, and, again, people need to interject themselves into society as long as it's safe. And, yeah, we want to get back. People want to get back out and get back to life. But, obviously, let's be safe. But, I mean, recruiting – Football wise, and I mean even basketball too. I've seen on both sides. There's been a lot of virtual tours. Now, I mean that's got to be a little bit because you can have a really cool virtual tour, but until you're physically there, how do you think? I mean, because again, coaches are always uh, thinking of innovative ways. But how are they more so selling their programs now? I mean, if you were being recruited, how how tough would it be in this in this uh, atmosphere right now with the pandemic? incredibly hard you can't go there and get a feel for a campus and see yourself there you can't go if you haven't been to to see that court you know see that arena that you're going to play and players want that feel or you're going to go your junior senior year sometimes sophomore year they have you come you know play with the guys come open gym and you know play with some college guys play with some guys you may be looking up to uh you know meet them and play with them and learn about the college life so you can do that over the phone but Nothing is the same, you know what I'm saying, than being, nothing's better than being in person. That's just with anything in life. Like, you just don't get that same feel. But, you know, you're saying you, you try your best to, I guess, to, to sell the guy on, you know, making this a home, but it's really tough. And I guess the only difference is, at least right now, is a ton of these guys, like, because ASU definitely got quite a few commits. Um, Marcus Bagley uh, committed to ASU. Um, they also got, oh, the kid out of uh, – Mayfair High School in California, like one of the top, they're saying like 10 players in the country, and I will find his name. But the thing I was going to say that the coaches are relying on, Ahmad, is that at least now for this class, a good – or Josh Christopher is a player from uh, California oh, yeah. that committed to ASU. ASU. Yes, he committed to okay, – yeah, ASU. He, yep. Let me look at that. 
but it's like, it's, but if you, you're going for the campus experience too, like you said, so for, like I said, for these players this year, it's, it's bad. It, it's frustrating, but it's, it's not as frustrating because I've seen quite a few players in general out at ASU hoops. I mean, and even, and we are going to talk, by the way, Ahmad and I are going to talk women's throughout the year. It's not just all men's because there's a lot of uh, phenomenal women that have come through this conference as well. Um, yeah. uh, guard, well, guards, I mean, again, not more than guards, but a lot of guards in this conference have been phenomenal, as you know. So, um, but, and it's, but it's just, it's a little, it obviously is a little tougher and frustrating that, again, they, they can't bring them in now. Like you said, those summer workouts were huge. Um, but at least they can be home and training, but the recruiting again for coaches. And again, but to me, Ahmad, I was going to say, the more creative they are, I'm not saying being gimmicky and all like, you know, cheesy, but the, the more creative they are, if I'm recruiting you and I got to come up with something, you know, virtual tour wise or whatever, to me, that's going to speak volume. Cause if they're that creative when I'm that far away, they're going to be even that more like innovative when I'm there. That's how I see it. What about you? I think it could go both ways. It could go like it could be very having a great impression on someone, but someone may not, you know what I'm saying, be into that. Um, you know, and sometimes there's, I hate to say it, but sometimes, you know, it's, it's money under the table um, in certain situations. So that could persuade you, but also just that relationship. And hey, for example, someone's like, hey, the ball, the ball is in your hands. I don't have another guy who can do what you do. Um, the ball, you know what I'm saying? We're going to run this type of offense and play this style. This is kind of the way I coach. But more or less, the ball's in your hand. The prime opportunity to get to where you want to go and be a professional, which is most guys are. That's the aim. Right. Obviously, you have the best opportunity to do that as long as coming to get an education. Because like what you're saying um, about the, the, the uh, like transferring thing, yes, you're coming there for the coach. You're coming there for that coach who told you you have this opportunity. Um, so I do think, like, you should be able to transfer and things like that. But I, I will say – it's tough because you don't you're, you're coming there for this guy and then the, the coach may leave let's say right. that you should have the opportunity and i know all go. coaches real quick i know all coaches always have the coach speak saying hey you know i i, I want to be here this and that but if he's let go like they always say and i know they sell parents on it and again i don't think it's fake i don't think they're they're not, they're i think they are genuine when they say but you know the campus the 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 academic life has to be the fit for them too, because yeah. if I'm gone, like, again, it's going to be tough. And I think coaches that are honest about that to me would go further, but it's got to be the, a good fit too on that side. No, no, no doubt about it. So uh, it, it has to be, and uh, that that's what's most important. So I don't, it's, it's a tough situation to be in, no doubt about it, because I, I do feel like what people have to realize is yes, it says student athlete, but that's not the way you go about your business in, in, uh, when you're there. Um, and I like to hit on that. It's, it says student athlete, but it's really the way it goes is athlete student. Um, most of your time is spent regarding, you know, your sport. Um, whether, yes, you're getting, you got to go to class and you, you may have some, some study time or some tutoring, but your day revolves around your sports thing. You pick classes around when you have practice. You have right. the early morning workouts, and you have practice. And so it's, it's uh, that's why people are lobbying for people to get paid and things like that because the the stress is on your sport 
and people don't don't understand right. that as much. You know, See, it's, I, it's I think job. they do, and that's something that we'll get into in in definitely in episodes coming up because I've always been supportive of anybody making money, and I think basketball, the way the NBA has done the draft, has and. Again, the NBA being so proactive and not reactive like the NCAA is about everything. Um, to me, it's just the either let people come. I mean, I like what they're doing with the G League, I guess, but it was either let them come out after high school, or if not, treat it like you could treat it like baseball. Because I don't, if you're familiar with Division One baseball, if so, if you decide that if you're getting recruited by Oregon state to go play baseball, obviously they have, you know, you know, they have a very good baseball program too. Um, but if you're getting recruited uh, by Oregon state for baseball and then all of a sudden say the, you know, the, the Mariners draft you, well, you have that, the Mariners own your rights, but if you go to Oregon state, once you go, you have to play for three or college baseball for three years. You have to. Yes. It's three years because the MLB, but it helps because a lot of those kids, if they do play the three years, you get through the minors faster. It's just one of those things where, again, if, 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 if you have that talent that, I mean, if you're that beaming off, you're probably going to go right out of high school anyway. But if you choose to go to division one, it's three years for basketball. I'm not saying make it three. I'm saying the NBA should have said, okay, if you don't come out, you're there for two years. Because to me, I think it helps coach. Like we're talking about recruiting right now. It helps in recruiting. Like it gives them a sense. Hey, Ahmad, look, you are really good. I know you're getting, you know, evaluated by the NBA at a high school. If you felt that you could have went out and done it, good for you. But if players don't, they should have to stay for two years. Now, I like what they're – if they would have did the G League thing, you know, of course, hindsight is always, you know, I don't even say 2020. It's, it's always 100%. But if you look at what they're doing with the G League and if guys want to come out and it's, it's a developmental thing, that's cool. But if you do go to college, I think you should have to stay for two years because every sport is different. You can't compare, obviously, basketball to football. There's no way some kid's coming out of high school going to the NFL. Like, you're going to get killed. You're going to get crushed. I don't care how good you think you are at 17, 18 years old, you're going up against grown men that are going to just, just, so you can't go right out of high school for football. I get the three-year rule for football, three years from when your high school class graduated, then you're eligible to go into the draft. But to me, in recruiting, it would help, it would help college basketball immensely if they say, look, you sign, you're here for two years. Like, because you have the choice to go pro or go to the G league. So now if you come in, you're there for two years, it helps the game. I'm not, I don't think college basketball is, has been worse because of the one and dones. Um, I just think it makes it a lot easier to pick some upsets earlier in the tournament because you get a team of, you know, three or two or three one and dones and they're playing a team that's been together for four years <laughs> and they're growing and they're going to throw you around a little bit makes it interesting. But if you want to go, I mean, that's why I think it would, it would help recruiting because if they're going to the, if they're going to the G league, cool. Hey, more power to you. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm all for you going, but if you sign for the call, I mean, I, I just staying again, like you said, the two years, but if you stay for two years, I mean, I look at the guy from the Suns, Mikel Bridges. I mean, he was at a, uh, what Virginia for four years. 
And oh, uh, no, it wasn't. It, or no, Villanova. Villanova. Sorry, Villanova. Yeah. Villanova. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, he came off the bench, but people are, of course, people are talking about, you know, DeAndre Ayton. And I mean, Devin Booker was a one and dub, but Bridges comes in and this dude off the bench, yeah, it was the NBA. You could see a little bit, but you didn't hear about it, the transition being unsmooth for him, or it was just, it was unbearable. So I, I look at it that way again. And when you tie this all into the recruiting that we're talking about, I think it helps a lot. But again, I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody not to go, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of those guys. I mean, people see the guys that came out of high school, you know, yeah, when KG did it and then, you know, Kobe and you get LeBron and, you know, there's some guys that have had okay careers, but there are some guys, I mean, come on, Ahmad, if we're going to be honest, for NBA-wise, they were absolutely terrible. They, could, they should have went to college. Uh, there, there are those cases. There are some of those cases for sure, but you just, you never really know. You just, you never really know. So it just kind of depends on the situation, situation you fall into and who believes in you, who doesn't. Like right. some guys aren't good enough. And that's just plain and simple. Some guys are. But honestly, a lot of those guys, it, everything's situational based. And that happens in college. It happens in the pros. It's like you could go to the wrong school and where you don't get to, you know what I'm saying, you're not getting to showcase your talent like you, like you should. Right. And so recruiting plays a big push into that. As far as NBA, you know, it's more or less a draft. But recruiting plays a big role into that and just to seeing what, type, what opportunity are you going to get. And that's it, it's tough, but it, it happens. That it does. But, well, well, it's been fun, man. The first one's – the first one's is uh, – we're headed to the locker room. So, it's good. It's in the books. <laughs> it's in the books now. But, uh, yeah, no, we're, we'll get to a lot more. We'll definitely get to the athletes getting paid. But I think when people say that, they don't, they don't realize it's going to have to be all sports and it's going to have to be equal. So, there's a thing uh, called – No, no, I mean, I get it, thing, it. No, I know you do. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that just think big sports. It's a thing called Title IX. And there'll be a lot of lawsuits if it's not if it's not deemed obviously to be fair. Yeah, they'll figure something like that. We, that's definitely we can touch on that another right. day. I yes, think we will. will. But uh, no, it's fun. I mean, you're like I said, talking to somebody that uh, played at Oregon State. Yes, you did. Uh, and we'll get to that. Um, oh, real quick, real quick. The guy I was thinking about earlier, another Sean Miller guard, was T.J. McConnell. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. T.J. McConnell, which. Which to me, I feel T.J. McConnell, but he had, uh, yeah, I but I, that. but not to knock that he was a good good player, um, you know what I'm saying? Like he was a very good player. He he made it as far as he did, and um, being an NBA player, but he had a good he had a good uh, he had the ball in his hands. At Arizona, I mean, oh who yes, does, he did. He doesn't want that. So yeah, it's it's tough for me to compliment those guys, Ahmad. But yes, uh, when you want when you <laughs> but, hey when you see game, you have to respect it, and you know. I'm about to go check out some clips the next few days. I want to, I want to talk about and hear from you uh, later episode about you know some of those James Harden games, oh. um, like rivalry games. Like I'm sure like that that's got to be fun. Some of that's got to be fun stuff. So I want to hear more about some of the AZ rivalry games. Oh yeah, got, I mean seeing as yeah my Oregon Duck stories and things like that. But I want to hear about the Arizona. I love Arizona by the way, like, in general, love it. So we'll touch base on more of that as well. Yeah, those were some great games, and we will get to that. But, uh, yes, like I said, episode one of Believe in Pac-12 Basketball is in the books. Mod and I are going to get out of here, but you can check us out weekly here on the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.